Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to podcastjuice.net. My name is Michael Dean. You're listening to the Michael Dean Show here today. And uh, we're coming to you, not necessarily live, but we're coming to you recorded. Uh, but we wanted to make sure we, we get our voices out here. This is like a state of affairs of what's going on in the country right now with everything. So uh, helping me weave through this conversation, we've got a special guest, guest excuse me, Mr. Dave Hampton, sir. How are you? Doing good, man. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing great. Doing good. You know, just watching the world burn, but you know, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also joining us, Mr. Big Sexy and Sax, sir. How are you? Man, down, I'm down, man, because it's, it's just not a good time right now. You know, for me personally and outside, uh, you know, all this chaos going on, man, this is just not a good time. All right. Well, we're going to walk through it, talk through it. Also, last but certainly not least, Mr. Aunt Pooh. Sir, how are you? That's right. Save the best for last. Um, I'm reflective, so to speak. You know, we, we'll get into it later, but it's amazing how you think uh, you're okay till somebody points stuff out to you that make you know you're not okay. All right, all right. And, and step up to the mic a little bit there, Aunt. You're kind of a little far away. But, oh, my uh, bad. I'm trying not to breathe up in there and put all the P's on there. Pause. Trying to talk with a lisp. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Stepping up, I see. See, that's why we can't be great. <laughs> Anyway, let's keep it moving. So, man, we're here in a serious situation. Of course, uh, we all have heard, I would assume we have heard about the recent events that happened with Mr. George Floyd uh, in Minnesota. Uh, this 46-year-old African-American man who was uh, murdered uh, by a police officer. Uh, I think the police officer's name is Derek uh, Chauvin. Uh, I don't know his last name, but he was 44-year-old white male police officer who's captured immortalized on video um, with his knee on the neck of George Floyd. And I, I'll say this, I have not actually watched the entire video. I watched maybe the first 30 seconds and I knew what was happening. I had to turn it off. And the reason I turned it off is just I've seen too many black men being killed that I just, I, I have a problem letting that sit in my mind and I don't feel like I'd be desensitized to it. And it's just a traumatic uh, visual. Um, it's real, but it's like, I, I know we getting murdered. I, I, I'm not going to sit there and just keep watching it over and over. I just think that may do something to us. Uh, at least I, I'm not built for that. I'm not built to watch that type of stuff over and over. So I haven't seen the whole thing. But of course, you know, Mr. Floyd pleading for his life. He can't breathe, you know. When you get a grown man screaming for his mother, that's just a whole other thing. Like, you know, and his mom has already passed away. And so it's just, it was all captured on video. We all see it. There's no really way to spin it in terms of you didn't see the first part of that video. You're just seeing somebody get murdered and you're seeing people standing around. You see other police officers standing around and you, you hear the commentators and the, you know, people citizens pleading so it's just a it's a damning video uh and you know this video comes after a few weeks of other you know racial sort of incidents that have been captured on video uh as well so it was the the young young man with, that was at the central park uh the, the white woman uh calling 911 
you know, choking her dog out and, you know, she's putting all the extras on her voice to, oh, black man's threatening me. You know, these are things that we've heard people talk about and it usually comes down to a, a their word against yours type of deal. And this time it's captured on tape again. And then there was uh, another young man who was killed again, right? Um, and it's sad that I, can't, off the top of my head, I'm not remembering his name, Ahmad. Uh, what city was the Ahmad shooting? You remember that one? No one? Okay. Well, there was, you know, so we've had weeks of these shootings, so many that you, you tend to, you get desensitized and you forget the names of these people. Um, so with all of that, we have this situation and we have protests around the country spawning into riot situations. Uh, so it's just hectic, crazy out here. Uh, and then I saw this morning that you know, President Bush, President Trump, excuse me, it sounds like he's putting out the, 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 the dog whistle to different groups to get active on the street. He said tonight's going to be MAGA night. You know, you can read into that for what you think it would be. But to me, I feel like he's calling out certain people like, yo, get out here on these streets and, and let's take back the streets type mm -hmm. of, you know, this type of thing. So it's very crazy out here. So I, I'm just throwing a lot of things out here. We're going to jump into things. But first, I just want to get some overall thoughts, uh, you know, and see what these men are thinking about. I'm going to start with uh, Big Sexy, actually. What's some of your thoughts on these events that have been going on? Man. One thing I saw this morning, and I, I, I wish I could credit this Twitter person. I, I don't know where I got it. But one thing was made clear to me a few weeks ago, you have armed people just bogarting the, the Capitol House in Michigan, I believe. And no one gets arrested. Nothing happens. Now, we come down to Minnesota, you have this one guy, and I believe there's a dispute over him buying some cigarettes. I don't, I don't know the, uh, I don't know all of it, but another black man is dead for no reason. It's not like he was in the midst of a felony. It's not like he was, you know, firing or armed. It was about some cigarettes. The cop, picture of the cop on his neck to me, shows such wanton disregard for human life that he's got to go. Um, I'm hearing that the other three cops involved, who have also been fired, they're talking about, we're not going to testify, we're pleading the fifth. Okay, that's fine. That's, that's your right. But this is what's going to happen. You're all going to be charged. One of you will be offered immunity and rat on the other, th other three. And one of you will take it because that's what's going to happen. Because you, you guys aren't those dudes. You're not, you're not hard like that. And especially the one guy, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm trying to avoid using, using racial descriptors here because I don't want to you know, incite any stereotypes. But the one cop who like stayed out of it, that guy, he, he just shows me he's not cut out for this. So if anyone's going to roll, it's going to be him. And I'm seeing also people have been asking me, why is it taking so long? Why is it taking so long? I would rather it take longer to charge and get it right than rush to a charge, leave something unturned and, <clears throat> un, you know, 
unverified, and this fucker walks. Because we only get one shot at the apple here. So make sure everything is as it should be and put this fucking guy away. Um, I generally stay away from political things, as you know, we all know, because I'm just, I've got other things going on and all that, but this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Um, back when we had the Stefan Clark thing here, uh, a very, very close friend of mine, you know, a white woman, she said, Mark, you know, I love you, so please be careful out there. I'm like, baby, you're being silly. No, she wasn't being silly. She's fucking right. Because it doesn't matter what, let me rephrase that. It didn't matter to these cops what Mr. Floyd did. All they saw was another chance doing a black man. Yeah, I said that. I said that. Because every time we look up, it is a black man in this situation. This shit has to stop now. All right. And, 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 uh, the police officer was charged with third degree murder. Yes. Uh, um, I looked up, I looked into that as well. <clears throat> third degree carries a max of 25 to life. Um, third degree is like unintentional type of situation. A lot of people come to me and they said, Mark, you should have got first degree. I don't think they could really make first degree simply because first degree requires premeditation and deliberation. Uh, second degree requires intent to commit great bodily harm and granted the pictures and the video are damning as hell but you don't want to leave it open and that's why they charged him with manslaughter as well because manslaughter is a lesser included of murder and a lot of times prosecutors and i've seen this backfire too a lot of times a prosecutor will lock the jury in to one decision with no lesser included and if they don't get that conviction, the guy walks. They've charged this, so he's not walking. So if the jury somehow does it, does it wrong and doesn't come back with murder, they'll get him on manslaughter. And based on the climate in the government up there, he's doing every one of them days. Every one. There's no doubt in my mind on that. All right. And let me just throw in, you know, they, they've had a uh, autopsy report come out, a preliminary one, I suppose you can say. And they're already trying to say that there were no physical findings of strangulation that contributed toward his death. So if I'm reading that correctly. So it's very interesting sort of narratives that they're putting out. And I think now we're seeing that the family is calling for an independent uh autopsy to be performed on Mr. Floyd. So a lot of moving pieces here. Um, Dave, give us some of your thoughts on this, sir. Do we lose Dave? Oh, well, while we get Dave, can, can you, you hear go. me? There can you, you hear me? Yeah. Sorry. I had it muted. Um, you know, my thought after being on this planet a little while, is, uh, you know, unfortunately, this is something that is very real that all of us who were fortunate enough to have parents who had that conversation with us uh, is a part of our life. You know, the black man conversation. Uh, uh, here's 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 the other set of things that you got on you when you leave this house. 
you know, and if none of you had that conversation, then you need to have it. And if you guys know what I'm talking about, you've already had it with your kids. I had it with each one of my kids and my daughter's 12 now. And I had it with her at a much younger age because race presented itself sooner. So race is real. Um, We're going to solve it by all the, the running around and breaking up stuff. Not that that's us, because I think that's a whole nother thing going on. You know, I think I think whenever you have the disenfranchisement going on, that's going to be part of what happens in mass. Um, I think as far as what happened with this guy, premeditation came when you put your hands in your pockets and you put your head up, start looking around. You know, the bottom line is that that's not a technique that I don't I don't think they teach anywhere. And if you're in the law enforcement game, it's all about technique. You know, if you're going to do it, do it well and do it cleanly. But, you know, it's it's just hard to keep seeing this over and over and demonstrated in so many different ways. Uh, Overtly, covertly. And it permeates our lives. So so what we see is this here and it comes up as Central Park. You know, Central Park was just so much more dramatic as well, because you saw somebody on camera shift gears and go through this premeditation of 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 just using their whiteness and weaponizing it and then sending out a warning. I'm going to do this. Hmm. And then just trying to control at all, you know, and this is a, this is a thing that is, it's in the DNA. <laughs> it is part of the, the upbringing to have this privilege and think that, oh, the, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be for me, that they're just them, you know, and I can do whatever I want. And it's the, the interesting thing that I see this different now is that I see more disenfranchisement from many people when I look at the faces of the riding. So I see a lot of riding people who are riding side by side and people who are protesting side by side who are very sincere about their commitment. You know, I also see some questionable behavior with people with earpieces and, and, you know, whether they be cops breaking out windows and all that other stuff. I see the normal things that happen with this that are also sent to control the communities and keep them confused. I worry that it's around an election time and that everybody is so divided that we don't get what we don't get. And we won't get it even more if we don't look at the big picture. doesn't mean we forget about what happened. It means that look at all this muckraking that, and look at how it got this way. It started way back when, you know, and, and Trump is the, is the main one who keeps it going, you know, and, and uses it to his benefit, you know, so it, this is a bigger play. It's a bigger morality play. Um, and, you know, it's just, it, man, to see it this in my lifetime like this, and I've already been through Rodney King and I've already been through other stuff as well. So it just, you know, it, it's, it's not, it's not anything that I see a quick solution to. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Aunt Pooh, jump in here, yeah. sir. I wish I had eloquent, uh, eloquent words to speak. I wish I had, you know, some insightful stuff. I wish I had some emotional words to, to speak. It's just, um, it kind of, when I saw the video, I just looked like that man is evil. Like, 
I, I just see, okay, I, I don't want to hear the quote unquote experts, the ones that tell me you don't know how hard the police have it. Um, you don't know what dangers they're under. You don't know the the the, uh, the incidences they've been in where people have jumped up and attacked them and tried to get their gun and all that other stuff. I think we can all reasonably look at that video and see that man laid on the ground. And when we find out that it wasn't just that man with his knee on his neck, but there were, I think, what, three other cops that were holding him down? And I just, it just got to me where I'm like, where's the humanity where you got people saying he's looking unresponsive? Can you let him up? You got him. He can't breathe. His nose, he's bleeding from his nose. And this person's just like, nah, he ain't got enough. We, we, I, he still got a little more fight left in him. We tried to get him in the, uh, in the, in the car. And that, that, uh, that one kind of just got to me. I just was chilling because at this, cause I really want to see how people in the dominant society excuse this behavior and they're finding ways to do it. And it's just, it's just kind of shaking my head. Uh, I, I mentioned at the, <clears throat> at the top of the show, I kind of had the perspective of like, damn, another one and kind of resigned myself and moved on with my life. It's sad for me to say that, but it's the truth. When you've seen Rodney King, when you've seen Mike Brown, Trayvon, Eric Gardner, and just on and on and on, I uh, I felt like numb to it. Like, okay, damn, this is effed up. There's not going to be any justice. No one's going to pay for this. There's going to be a payout. And the world is just going to keep on moving. But then um, uh, my former manager called me. This is a white woman, very liberal. She has LGBTQ people in her family. She works hard with that community. She called me up and I heard her voice cracking. And I'm just and like my heart sunk because I was thinking, oh, my God, something happened to her husband. Something happened to her kids. Something's wrong with her. Oh, my God. And she just started breaking down, crying, asking if I was all right. And I actually had to mute the phone and I started laughing. And I, I feel bad to say that, but I actually started laughing like, I can't believe this white woman is asking me for I was just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And she was kind of shocked at my reaction. And I just was like, I'm sorry to tell you this. I'm numb to this. You know, I, I felt like I can't bring myself down to to really feel the pain and the weight of this. But then as I started having that conversation, it kind of got to me like, well, why can't I? Why am I repressing this stuff? This is kind of PTSD that I'm putting off and not really addressing. I've, I've kind of conditioned myself to be like, okay, it happened, move on. And I'm like, maybe there is something wrong with that. And we had this conversation and you know, I kind of felt like, wow, maybe I am pain. And then the next, now this happened, Wednesday night. The next morning, my department head, this is this is a VP, called me, white, white woman. And she she was a little more stoic. She's like, I understand this has been a very trying week. I'm the only black person on her team. And she's asking me, and I'm just like, whoa. What the hell? So part of me is still feeling that because I this has never happened to me before. No one, anyone asking me, how am I doing? Let alone a non-black person. And, and then, yes, and then it happened again. Another former director that I worked with, white, 
LGBT, uh, he gay man. He called me and I'm just like, okay, maybe this is different. And, mm. you know, and I, and I haven't felt like, wow. I mean, I don't know how far they're going because, you know, some of them have done some work in the community. Some are putting up, you know, their social media posts, but the fact that they're reaching out to me and caring, and I'm assuming I'm not the only black person they're reaching out to, that kind of hit to me and kind of like, wow, this might be different. And then when I'm seeing all these riots popping off yesterday, all across the nation, I'm seeing white people lined up being a barrier between the police and uh, uh, the protesters. I think it was in uh, Louisville. And then I'm seeing them wrecking up shop in Minneapolis, wrecking shit up in Atlanta. Now I understand some of them are saying that they're anarchists and not so much, you know, down for the cause and, you know, hey, we're in solidarity, we're gonna wreck shit with you. But I, I'm gonna hope some of them are on that mindset. And I'm thinking like, okay, maybe this shit is different, but we'll yeah. see. That, that's, that's, yeah. that's the take that I got right now. It, it is different. Let me just let you know something. It is different because everybody is, is closer in neighborhood now. And so they know who their neighbor is. So a lot of these people know who you are. You live with them. You work with them. The COVID experience has disenfranchised everybody because it stopped people from working and it's endangered your financial income. And when people's finances get fucked with, everybody's going everybody's gonna to realize what it's like to have something waiting for you when you open your door. Everybody gets to have part of our experience, Right. The only thing about our experience when you see it with somebody on your neck and your handcuffs and the whole thing is that's a very visible, physical thing. But we're all in this thing together. And when the finances get messed with, the jobs get messed with, that's why what you see and feel is different because they know, you know what, once they finish with them, if COVID don't get them and the police don't get them, I'm next. Potentially, you know, that's why your gay guy who didn't say nothing to you too much before might say something to you just as much as him as it is for you, because he realizes what's going on. This is part of of what happens when this whole psychology is played on on a group, you know, the mass level. You know, we've got so many things trying to disenfranchise each one of our households systematically. And then you you look at your neighborhood where you live. That's why in the, in the, back in when I was young, it really was a beneficial thing for you to quote unquote know your neighbor. By knowing your neighbor, you knew if my neighbor's good, I'm good. And if they need some, you know, we'll help out or whatever. It was a different thing. And then all of a sudden, the walls started going up. Oh, I can't trust them. I can't trust them. And and everybody's inside. You know, now it's like okay. Oh, so so and so's gone. So and so's gone. They died. They're unemployed. They're man. They're beating them up. They're beating them up. And even some of the protesters, when you look, they're dragging away white folks too. Right. So it's very different. It's very different. And and it's going to continue to be like that. One of the questions, I, and I'm glad we're going on this conversation. One of the questions I would throw into this is with that sort of perception you know, other people. And I had somebody reach out to me too, you know, former uh, assistant. And I, and I was like, I appreciated it. But I, I wonder, is this going to be, is this going to come down to where it's like, okay, yeah, we're all catching hell now. 
or now it's hitting me. So I, I want to pay attention. But when I get the set aside set, you know, when we come to some sort of, we figure something out, is it just going to go right back to, well, black people, this is not specifically for you. We're doing this for everybody. And then we're still in the same boat five years. You know, they put a Band-Aid on it that covered everybody else. But when all the resources were spread to all these other situations, it still came back to fix or to address the people who's getting killed. Like, that's what I'm curious to see. Like, because are they going to want to recognize how unfair things are if the solution may be that they take the fall, you know, that no longer can benefit from the elevated status of situations? Are they going to just give it up and be like, you know what, it's not fair no more? How, and, and yeah, that's going to make me go down the totem pole a little bit if we lift these people and make it a fair, a fair play. They, as I'm trying to say, is it is that what we think is going to happen? Because I, I personally, <laughs> yeah, he might no. pat, pat you on the back right now, and I, I feel you. But well, I, I think I think white guilt is real. I think I think I think white guilt is real, and I think everybody wears it a different way. I think some people sincerely are saying things because they have physically never been close to an ass whooping. Okay, an ass whooping is a very revealing thing, whether it's from the cops or whether it's from a gang or whether it's from your father, your mother, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it will break you down to the point of where, OK, this is fucking with my head, something bad. And, and an ass whooping on TV, let alone a choke out or a death in front of everybody by by authority under the guise of authority is a very um provocative thing and it will shake some people to the core because their life has never been like that. You know, we've got a lot of people who live first world privileges and, and, and the real things that go on is in third world activity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And so the minute they see something like that, they're fucked up, man. It, because then, and then they go, Oh really? This can happen to you just if you're black. So then they start thinking around all the black people they know. And then if you're the only black person they know, cause you work with them, which means, if they did, if they didn't have to, they wouldn't be around you. For sure, right? <laughs> so uh, it it's very interesting Ooh, just to watch. Dave. No, I'm just keeping it real, man. <laughs> no, you know, I'm just no, you just you just made you gave me my nigga wake up call. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. I was I wasn't trying to use that word because you know, Mike. When I do, Michael always cringes, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm trying to keep it. What did you? I, I forget what the terms are. Nah, you always give me. There's no filters today. Yeah, no oh. filters. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's fucked up out there, you know. And and you really have to understand, man. And and this is what a lot of white people are understanding when they when they go back to their friends that they know who are a people of color. They don't realize how much under the surface is simmering in mm. all of us who are quote unquote. That's my cool black friend. Right. Right. Do you know what it takes to be cool in a room full of people who don't give a shit about you, who never who never care, whatever you do, would never suggest you for any work? It takes a lot, man. It takes a lot to to do whatever you do, whatever your profession is. It takes a lot because everybody is so used to this lane being inundated. You know, I always use our industry as an example because. We could go to any publication right now, open up the, the, the book and, or get the digital copy, start looking at it. And you think all audio was comprised of white people. Right. 
white males, white females, you you would think there's no black people in audio by the sheer count of what's going on. And I hate to count black people. But the bottom but the bottom line is by the way people accept the normal level of operation is to exclude and just push this group, push the agenda, push the agenda. And if the agenda just has minimal number, we're just going to go with the agenda because we're just doing our thing and we're happy. See, this this happens in every profession all throughout. So when you're the cool cat in your office, you got to really understand what that means. That means if everybody in your office didn't have to be with you, they wouldn't. This, they're, they're all forced to because you all work with the same person and, and you just might be the quota. You know, you just might be the quota. And I've been in meetings where I wonder why I was in a meeting. And when I asked the people, why did you invite me? They told me straight up, you're the token. <laughs> right. Fuck. Now, now here's the no. Here's here's why I appreciate that because uh, it's a comfortable level of race of racism that people get to when they can let their their thing just be what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I can I can dig that. I understand why you had to do that, and I also understand it put me in the room where I could hear some things being said that wasn't nobody else hearing, so I knew about things ahead of time. So it's it's a it's a serious thing that goes on this little game that's played with race on both levels, and you can't you got always got to look at, at at just the the total ramifications. But you know white guilt is real, and you're going to have more and more people come up to you and say things, and you you can't be mad at them because their life path has put them on a different experience. They're not raised. Look, <laughs> when they go when they're little kids and they go in the store. They're not raised to go, don't do this, don't do that. You and I all have had that conversation. You going in the store, don't touch nothing, don't ask for nothing. I've done the same thing to my kids, right? <laughs> don't, 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 don't. You know, meanwhile, little Timmy, the white kid goes in, tears off the store, turns over <laughs> things. He don't give a fuck, right? <laughs> right, because that's the way he's raised to just run around and not give a fuck. It's, it's all it, here for you. That's it's why. all here for you. Yeah. It's your world, baby. You know, and, and that permeates to as they get older as they get older it's it's a mindset it's a mindset it's a mindset that this whole all this country and this world has is under underneath that mindset for the same people yeah it doesn't mean now it doesn't mean that there are not good kind-hearted people who are are white folks and of all races there are but i'm just saying that if you're to really understand sometimes why people say things to you out of context or at a, at a crucial time, it's because they don't know what to say. They're so shocked. They don't know what to say, but they feel like they should say something because their humanity has is, is got the hairs on their neck up. They've never seen anything like that. You know, if I would have asked all of us on the phone right now, and I can't see you, but if you, you know, who here has ever, despite whether you're guilty or not, who here has ever been in handcuffs? We probably all would raise our hand. Who here has been stopped by the police? We probably all raise our hand. Right. I don't have no criminal record, never been arrested, never been about that. But I've been in handcuffs. I've been a rat, the whole thing. And each one of you can go down the line and give me your story or stories. And I guarantee you, we all have them about how you were stopped and how you were approached and and basically uh, handled by the police. And it probably was either questionable or okay. And you, after you got out of it, you you were fucked up for a little bit. Am I right or am I wrong? A hundred percent. I can say for myself, a hundred percent. 
Big Sexy? Never been in handcuffs, but I have been in that situation, though, yes. Okay, so, and how about you, Pooh? Uh, not never been in handcuffs, but I got a funny story that happened to me when I was with my ladies. So mm-hmm. that not only was I uh, had my humanity taken, but I was embarrassed. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Now is that so? It's real. Are we dealing with? Do they? So what? How do you? And this is the thing: we people are always so. What do you do? How you know? Do they have the protests? I mean, how do we get things to change? And I and I always I start throwing out there. I'm like, well, how do you negotiate with a lion? Like, if you can't uh, invite a lion to dinner so you can sit down and talk, because the lion is going to eat you. Mm-hmm. And, and if they have that mindset, how do you rationally? How can you logically have a conversation with somebody who sees you as prey or less than? Uh, a, a, a human or something to them like you're not on the level they've been trained we've been trained too. the same mm-hmm. training it fix us all but when you're trained to think that you're less than me so I, i'm trying to understand how do we logically think we're going to deal with that situation you can't appeal to the person's humanity if they don't see you as on the same level i mean that doesn't make sense to me i don't understand how what do uh, you yeah, expect I, I, to say I don't think you give it an expectation. I think I think that's partly where everybody, you know, uh, you 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 don't enter into it with a high expectation. You 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 know, with this thing, with these police things in particular, it always comes down to what would you do, right? It always comes down to your individual thing of how would you handle it, and we all have been there. And my thing is, look, man, you handling it. At different points in your life, when it happens, when I was 17, 18, and it happened to me, it happened in front of my house with my parents looking from the porch with undercover police following me so close. I didn't know who they were. I felt they were trying to run me off the road. And I got, I was coming home work from late, late, late from work. And they just happened to be going in the house. And then they saw the whole thing takes place. And they're sitting up there saying, that's our son. That's our son. You know? Uh, they had me all the way here down on the ground with handcuffs, searching a car and everything, you know. And and so the, the reality is that at that point at 17, I'm like, man, I was lucky I was coming up on my parents' house. I still had to go to court. I still had to, to do a, a bunch of things because they gave me a ticket for speeding. But they but they were riding my bumper like they were trying to you know right, run me right. off the road. So it was like, wow, this is a, a trip. And then. And then when I get a little bit older and it happens and I have kids, I, I go, well, shit, I'm just trying to get home to my family. I can't I can't have anything to say, even though I feel I'm in the right. It's not about do I want to do I want to be right or do I want to be a lot? Right, right. Those are the, those are the questions. Those that, are the that, that I, that's the reality I have to answer. So as an individual, I have to figure, yeah, how do we solve this? You get, you got to figure out where can I do the most good? How can I do the most good in this way? Is it marching? Some people will march. Some people, it's about, you know what? Uh, if you don't want to figure out how to deal with the line, you know, figure out how to run the motherfucking zoo. Figure out how to figure out how to be in a position where you can have influence over what happens in other ways. And that that helps as well. But 
but it doesn't always help to, it's to do like that. The, the lion trainer. You can yeah. do that, but don't turn your back on them motherfuckers. Yeah, and, and the lion train, yeah, the lion trainer carries a pistol too with, with tranquilizers, you right. know, to not knock that big duck out, you know. But it's sometimes it's not that easy. And like I said, on the individual level, we we have to look at how we're we're injured by those first incidents that happened to us that we lived through. We have to look at how we're psychologically charged by that the rest of our lives. Because it will permeate everything you do for the rest of your life, it 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 runs through not only black cop experience, black white cop experiences, uh, white black work experiences will, will 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 follow you the rest of your life. The minute you have racism come to you on your job, the minute you have racism come to you in the supermarket, the minute you, anything happens like that, it will stick in your mind because those are moments where shit. At any point, this shit could escalate. Well, yeah. And, and just to go back to and I don't even know her name. Some people call this a derogatory term. I really just started hearing this term in the last couple of months. But the, the Karen in Central Park situation. <laughs> to yeah, to yeah. me, that is the more. Yeah, that's dangerous, dangerous one yeah. than your cop. You know, you can tell what a cop might do to you. But that's like a regular citizen. You just you just out watching your you bird watching or walking. And mm-hmm. that quickly. She can be like, you know what? Let me get him killed. Yeah. Let me call on this phone. It's, it's that simple. And thank God it was recorded. Now, this type of stuff has been happening for the longest, but it's just got captured on video. But that's, to me, the most dangerous because it could have went a whole other way for that brother, even if it was recorded. Those, if them cops could have showed up and was like, oh, what's going on? He's like, yo, yo, I don't know. Pop, 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 pop. And just like that, I don't know how that would sit on her spirit to be like, Man, I just got somebody killed. That's powerful. I mean, would she be like, would she have remorse? Or she'd be like, you know what? That's right. Don't fuck with me. She'd be writing a book about it. Probably. She somehow probably make, well, she, as she tried to make herself the victim in, in this already. They would try yeah. to, they would fall. But that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you deal when you have a populace that thinks like that? Let alone the power structure, but just the people who are the beneficiaries of systematic white supremacy but, but they can you, sit there but, and show you that they know they they know they place and they know you, where they your place. go ahead you know what i just want to make an observation in that one situation uh she proved my point in that the minute her finances got fucked with and she got fired she got righteous all of a sudden oh i want to apologize for the way i acted right right but too late too late. You went from first world to third world. All because you 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 got caught on film. And and the thing is, this this is this is the dynamic equalizer that we have now is is when you cut somebody out of their financial access and to 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 just being a, a little distance from bills and a little distance from the things, the normal pressures of life, all of a sudden. You know they they're gonna find God. They're gonna they're gonna find the right way. And then that's the other question is, do they really get fired, or are they just being transferred to a different situation later on? Because when you when you when you have a, a power structure, economic base, they can always fall back to something. We might True. not be able to go get the mother high playing job. She was like a VP or something. I'd be curious if she's really done. Mm, you well, know, somebody open. I, you know what, Karen? I, it's gonna be okay. Let's let it simmer down. And I talked to 
Jonathan uh, Jeffrey over there at the such and such, he's going to hire you. You'll be good in six months. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it'll be good to follow up on them and find out. But I think I kind of think from the way Karen was paying, playing the badass when she was being impro- improvised in her, her first round, I kind of think she doesn't have that in her. What, what I think I, th- I think just like how know, them cops, them cops have been killed black people and they get fired from one city and they just transfer them on over to another. They work in a different one. They had cop again. That, that's the MO. Mm-hmm. They, they, they just get transferred. Yeah, but that I think what it's going to mean, too, you're going to start to see things change there, too, because too many cities are losing out on lawsuits. You know, and and don't be don't be think for one minute this these bills that you see Trump messing with that are trying to take uh, uh, social media off off of uh, the scrolls from being used as as a tool aren't connected with the ability to put racism on camera, right? So they you know he's up here going oh they took me off Twitter I'm you know and they're just they're checking up on what I'm doing. You know, all this other stuff is is just a false flag for the real issue of trying to disqualify these instant reporters we have now who can put you right on the scene with some bullshit going down. Right. Yeah. I you mean, know? That, that's a crazy that whole little proclamation or whatever the executive order. <laughs> all of it is. I, I was but, like, but, well, I just yeah. I just saw it as like, oh, he just wants to get a check. No, that, you got to look at it. No, it's like, timing. Yeah, I mean, it's time, but I'm like, at the end of the day, Trump, he's about paper. At some way, I'm sure one of these politicians, they, they just want to get uh, one of these big, these tech companies to keep cutting them money. And, and, and I'm like, you know, listen, I, we're going to see. Yes, we're seeing all these videos and stuff, but I, I'm curious to see where it is in 10 years if these videos are just desensitized and people just, oh, just, just like Ampu. Ampu admitted. Oh, I, I saw it. Okay, store it away. Keep it moving. It don't mean, you know, I've seen too many of them. It don't mean nothing. If we, the victims, can say that, I'm curious to see the people on the other side in 10 years after they've been constantly been seeing these videos and we're still in the new, the newness of social media and all that. When all that just wears off and that's the normal, if they'd be like, oh, yeah, just another video of some black person killed. So what? What's, what's on TV tonight? I'm curious to see if it's going to have an effect down the road. Oh, they'd be just as desensitized to it as we are and we're the ones getting killed. I say this. Uh, the other point is when you say people getting desensitized by it, um, we've gotten desensitized to school shootings. The fact right. that nothing happened, nothing changed, no legislation when those kids got killed tells you something. So like, I, I, I see what you're saying, Mike. Because, yeah, eventually they will get desensitized. They got desensitized to seeing kids get killed in school. We we can be desensitized as, an, as a country, and I don't know if Dave, you're flicking something. That's kind of loud. Uh, just looking at other countries that we have a hand in situations that be happening. It's, oh, that's so tragic. The them kids got blown up. It was a mistake missile. It was a, the drone, but they ain't stopped them drone programs, have they? <laughs> it's like, eh, that's so sad. But damn, people ask for it. They hiding criminally. We can be desensitized to a lot of things, especially as, and it's us pulling the trigger. But if it's seen, you know, it don't affect me personally and they're not on our side, kind of maybe, then as long as it ain't being pumped in the news and I don't got to think about it, eh, keep it going. So we can be, dis- we can have a lot of, as I say, fuck shit going on in our name and other places. 
Why do we think the F stuff that happens in our own country would be treated any different? Yes, the expected common decency of a human is to react. Oh, that's not right. They killed another black man. Of course, they don't want to. They don't want to even see themselves as insensitive. That's what to me the the, the, the guilt would come in. But I, we can all feel guilt. But just like you you, uh, you cheat on your girlfriend, you tell her, "Oh, baby, ain't gonna happen again." Yeah, I hear you talking. Well, let me see your actions, because right now we are talking. We're talking a good game right now. Some people out in the streets. Yep. And, and there's other people jumping in for their own agendas. Yep. But we'll see what really happens. There's how many deaths we done seen on video already. We forget the names. So this one is happening at a time where there's a lot of craziness going on in our country, COVID and just all this stuff. And so, yeah, it's. Oh, it's hitting us right now. But I'm curious. There's all sides are using this, in my opinion, using this to play something. There's Trump will say something because he know, okay, this is going to play into what I'm doing here. You got, you see the video of the, the guy out there smashing the windows. He obviously is not a part of the Black Lives Matter. What's his agenda? They out there sparking something. There's so many different things being, I just don't want us to, to get played. They get us in a fever pitch, but Where's it tangible? What, what's, what's the real thing? And so that's, as I said, we got to keep watching and, call, and calling people to, to the task. We're in an election season right now. I'm very curious to hear how Trump and Biden is going to address this situation. What, what sort of real change are they going to, is this going to be something they can't campaign on now? What's about to happen this weekend that may be used going forward? it's just a lot of stuff to process, man. But I just feel like us as black people, what can we do, if anything, to take this situation and use it to our benefit? What I mean by that is to, you know, so we don't have to, this doesn't happen to us again. Or how are we supposed to react? You know, what's the protocol? Is it changed with what it was always been? Are, are we looking for the, the quote unquote white allies to save us or to stand? Is that what it's going to take? Where, where was they at before then? Why, why were we just looking for them now? Where, where was what's their reasons for not paying attention before if they if they weren't? Like what, what we, we understand, I guess, what makes this different. We've outlined some of that, but I'm just curious. So where do we go from here? You know, should we be out on the streets? Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think we need to wait for a white ally. I definitely don't think that's the plan, nor I do. I think the answer is always in being out on the streets. I think part of it is uh, dealing with the financial implications of, of what our dollars together represent. That that mm -hmm. definitely is something we can do. I think it is also about making sure our communities are, in fact, communities where we do pay, take the time and focus to know our neighbor and, and understand what's going on and what are the initiatives of of what keeps our immediate area safe, right? Because if we all take part in that, then that's a that's a start. Rather than just siding up and saying I'm okay, I'm I'm locked away in my my house. I you know ain't nobody bothering me, and I ain't bothering nobody. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, 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 at a certain point, man, you know it it's gonna get heavy out there because it ain't no fun when the rabbit got a gun. So, you know, that that's the problem with, you know, if the mentality of 
the people that, you know, like you said, through, through whatever phraseology Trump talks to and he's trying to tell them it's OK, your time you come running out, you know, it, it's it's not going to be what you think it is. It's not going to be what you think it is, no matter how much you try and pass legislation and count the bullets and figure out who's got the ammo. And uh, it's it's everybody's been watching Rambo movies, y'all. <laughs> it, all the all the programming that Hollywood's been putting out about about fighting and standing up and, and heavy weaponry. Everybody's been consuming that. Yeah, we got a whole generation of kids. A whole generation. Who have been trained on Call of Duty. (laughs) Do you know what? You know what? Part part of the reasoning of that is that those games employ a strategy mentality to confrontation and conquer and capture the flag. They're Mm -hmm. they're very basic stuff that's rooted in, in training the mind to make quick decisions. So there's no, it's not an accident why we're at this place. And it's, and, and so all I'm saying is that, um, look it, at, at how much graphic representation in our lifetime we've had on the screen of the news reporting, not only, uh, people of color dying, but they're actually show you the videotape, right? Right. That hap- that's happening within our lifetime. Okay. Some of our parents, they could it's, it was just a, a story passed to somebody because they were there. Or they knew somebody there or that's what happened. And no, this is real. This is real where we can pull it up and, and, and pull it up as a YouTube image. This is this is a whole nother thing. So these images stay, the programming stays. And this is why we always have to kind of just figure out how to respond and not react, because we are we are but pawns in a much larger game. Yeah, and, and even as we sit here and talk, we are but pawns in a much larger game. So you really got to understand how to take this thing and think about it. There are some yeah. things you're not going to win. It's definitely a chess board. It's a strategic yeah. game. You made me think of something. I'll go back to something Ant said. And you were saying that, you know, back in the days, we didn't always visually de- get to see all of the, the, the stuff that's going on. Of course, there are those shocking moments because we all have those one moments of you saw the dogs attacking people in the water holes. Those are like iconic moments. But now we are able to see a plethora of these type of images uh, today. And it's interesting. Again, I got to go back to that school shooting thing. Because I remember when the school shooting first popped off, that was to me like, I was like, how do you, this is, this is absurd. Like they're literally killing kids, like gunning them down, but other kids are doing it. So some, in some of these situations. And I thought that was about as far as it could go. Like the, the, when they, when you actually have the schools become a slaughterhouse, I figured, okay, this is so shocking. This has to be the end of it. But we are actually now a at white a time, school at that. Right. Exactly. It's not a, it's not some thugs drive bys. It's like the first First world people pulling the trigger. Like, what is going on? But now we're to the point where that is so desensitized to us. It's, it's an acceptable uh, occurrence. And, and the fact that we're not outraged that we would shut everything down when that happens. There's so many of them that have happened at this point. And if we can be like that over something like that, and some of those are captured on video, we've seen that. I want, and I ask this question because a lot of time we always be like, man, it's 2020 and this type of thing is happening. 
And I think we say that because we think of the past was so much more violent or something. I argue that it is more violent now and you should, you should expect it to get even more crazy. Like you shouldn't say it's 2020. It's like, it's of course it's 2020. Yeah, they're taking niggas' heads off out here. Uh, uh, kids, uh, people are walking in the shopping mall, shooting places up, uh, concerts. It's way more crazier, and we're going to see it all in HD, and I don't know if we're really going to do anything about it. Like we, I think we're just being sort of primed to expect that this is a very violent country as much as we think we're above everybody else, it's, it's the same mentality we have in this country is the same. Some white people have about, about black people. It is so crazy here, but it ain't, it's, I, it isn't affecting me. Like that's somebody else. And it's only these times when it hits us and our smack in our face where we might try to change. But I think as a populace, we're always going to dissociate ourselves from the stuff we see on social media, from those videos we watch on our phone, that ain't us. It, it, it happened right down the street. Yeah, but I wasn't there. I, I, did you see that? World star? You know, we're just viewers. <laughs> We've taken the same way we view movies. We view our reality like that. And, we, and it's just getting more and more crazier. But Yeah, you know. I think that's the problem, though. Part of the problem is, is the, the way that the technology has assisted us in the de-evolution de of our society. You know, you look at you look at Oakland last night and you see where they're driving the cars right out of the showroom, right? Right. And like, the crowd is outside and most of them are walking around holding up cameras, holding up their phones. Um this is like uh Pavlov's dogs, man. Mm. Everybody's been trained to pull out their cell phone, hold it up and act as if they are now a camera person and and they are they are just taking part in a production that this is not real life. Yeah, they want everybody and, and, and this is real life, man. This is real life. That, you know, but everybody is walking out there trying to participate as like they're capturing something, mm -hmm. like this is some big reality show or something. And it's like, no, man, you actually you you actually part of the movie too. They yep. stealing cars. And you stealing time, you know, and that's the bigger issue right there. Mm -hmm. That's the one that gets me is that for all of us who are maybe older or maybe we just decide, oh, we're, we're just sitting here. We're going to do what we do and observe and, you know, respond rather than react. Um, it steals time. It steals time and it takes away from whatever we could be doing as a collective and whatever we could be doing as individuals to better, better our families. Um, and that's the biggest thing I get from, from where that social lane has driven us because everybody wants to whip it out and create the news. I am the news. I caught it on my camera. See here, I was there. Mm -hmm. you, you know, yep. I remember when we used to say that about, oh yeah, I got tickets to the concert. I'm going, I was there. I went to the basketball game. I was there <laughs> when he dunked, right? Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. They want to tell you about, you know, how they made world star and, and that's some low level shit, man. Yeah. That's some low level accomplishment shit. And and that's what's been put out there as as the high place for focus and attention. And so that's partly on all of us who 
have put these in institutions and these 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 things in place because it's part of what comes with the the digital playground, right? Part of what comes with the the whole evolution of cell phone technology and access to communication and content building at the same time. You know, it's a the phone is a more dangerous weapon than anything. You know, because yeah. yeah. you 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 know we 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 could we could film one person getting getting killed, but we can send it out to to four billion people all at once. And now we've just successfully pulled a lot of people to the side of the road who probably were working on some fantastic shit, right? Some things that might even save the world or save, cure cancer or whatever. But every time something like this happens, it, it takes a lot of things back a notch. It, it really, it really robs, robs humanity from some other things that were being worked on that had nothing to do with anything other than life affirming things you know yeah it's it's just a wild thing i mean you know being able to film certain things does bring things to light i guess it's the good and there's a good and bad with everything yeah. and you know one thing i just i'm just thinking back to the floyd video and i watched the police officer and then the, the asian cop guy it, it it also video just shows there are some people who just really just have a blatant disregard for people they've always had that but just to actually see like there's just people who would there's people who would kill you like this we have shooters that live stream themselves shooting people you just have there's some evil people out here and to actually see it and understand like yo it's not it's it's not safe out here they got to keep your head on a swivel even the people that think it's supposed to protect you or just some random person can be the most wildest nutcase and mm -hmm. you never really know and you know the thing with the video stuff you know i, I just feel like black people i mean listen i we, we got to keep filming but that ain't the end all to be all like if you see somebody getting killed and you just stopping to film i can understand being scared to want to go help but man person's life right there like you can put the phone down and go over there you know, hopefully the worst it is you just get arrested, but you help somebody not die because you can get bailed out like, and deal with that process. But to just to sit back and just watching people getting—that's wild to me. Like, I get it though. I mean, we're all scared. I—I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm not—I'm not about that life. But man, I don't know if I would be able to just sit back and watch somebody get murdered in front of me. Like, you know, you could probably help to some capacity. Are you going to get hurt? Yes. <laughs> That's life, man. People, again, people get hurt. Sometimes mm -hmm. that's that's what it is. But I don't know, what, what, it's got to be a certain point when you just decide, you know what, it's worth me going to help somebody than just sitting back. And if it was your kids or somebody you knew, you're going to jump in there. I don't yeah. know, you just have to have some, the same compassion for other people, I guess. But yeah, I think it's definitely going to, you're definitely going to see a lot more community or organizations born out of this that are there to to help communities actually remain communities. And this is when you're going to also see a lot more churches become active as well, because, uh, like I said, people have to realize that it, you can't, sometimes you can't do it by yourself, which is why you need to always be able to, 
to look around you and see who's around you, ask for help and know who your neighbors are is at the very root of that. You know, um, and, and it just, I, I just, I just see so many things that I, I used to wonder when I was younger, when I went younger, I mean, when I was a little kid, what these things meant in my life, you know, I think the only time I saw my dad cry was when they shot Martin Luther King. And mm. I didn't understand. Because mm. I, you know, you very rarely saw a black man cry. Mm-hmm. And I asked my, you know, and, and I asked my mom and she goes, well, they killed him. You know, they killed Martin Luther King today, you know. And and so I was like, Who? and she told me and I'm like, wow. And it sat with me the rest of my life until I, you know, I'm like, like okay. This is, this is, this is that, this is what he was doing, 68, you know, and then I started getting older and understanding that when I was a certain age, things were just coming into being, things were just coming into the place where it was trying to correct, quote unquote, right? So this correction has been going on a little while, you know, the Voting Rights Act didn't get signed in 68. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so yeah. you know, uh, at that point, it's like, wow, we, you know, we've had so many things try and happen to do to turn this thing and to deal with the civil rights, deal with this, deal with that. And every time we find ourselves back at marches and we find ourselves back at protests and we find ourselves back at militia, you know, it's it's been playing the same journey for a little while. And, and so for those of us who are older, our concern, because I call my son every night and say, how you doing? You cool? You all set? Everything cool? And he lives right down the street. Hmm. And he calls me because our concern is that we just want everybody to be okay. And we want y'all to make it. It's, it's more important to be alive. Right. Because then you can actually be able to do something about it. But as somebody who has witnessed many marches and many things, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. But I I, with with these marches, what we can see, because we have this visual now with us, we can see that with some of the marches comes anarchy and some of it is planned and some of it is just what happens when. Right. Because there's some good people marching, too, for the right reason. But there's also with 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 the marching and with those other things comes the other chances for this thing to go left and for the point to be lost altogether to where it's just another season. Yeah, uh, and that that might be kind of what's starting to happen. I just think yeah. that because there's so much other other groups out there who got yeah. their own situation they want to fight, they're going to yeah. use this to just burn and, this shit down. And, yeah, and the economic disenfranchisement at this time doesn't help. Right. right. You know, I, I, I didn't understand when Rodney King happened, why I saw them run down to Fedco down the street here in L.A., and, and all of a sudden everybody was rolling couches across the street, right? Oh, man, I'm about to shed a tear. Why you mention Fedco? That was the well, bomb. Place. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, a little but, liquor for Fedco. <laughs> but as soon as, as soon as the marching crowd started going down La Cienega and got near, near San Vicente, now, excuse me, I'll just say near Wilshire, right? It wasn't anymore. All of a sudden, you had a ton of cars lined up, you know, everything, and everything stopped. Why? 
because they were getting ready to go into Beverly Hills. Mm. Right. So so you got to understand that at the end of this, too, is 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 they want all that that ruckus to go on in the place where they're already gentrifying the neighborhood. They already got insurance on most of those buildings and those thick construction sites. So they're just going to get paid and keep building them again. And there'll be higher price housing like it was going to be before. Interesting. Right. So so there is also but you got to sit back and be calm so you can understand what's going on, because sometimes it ain't about you. Mm. Because we are all pawns in a much larger game. Yes. Right. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah. So so realize that it doesn't make it right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying before you run out there trying to make a point and get your ass shot, run over, arrested, whatever. Figure out what your best move is. Sometimes your best move might mean to shut the fuck up and figure out how can I change this another way. But I do want to add uh, to your point as far as the riot. I know a lot of people are saying everybody's quoting Martin Luther King about riots being the voice of the unheard. And and I, I posted a uh, something on Facebook where uh, a bunch of white people, white men, tried to tell Martin Luther King's son well, what he actually meant, which I'm like, how do you tell a man what his daddy was about and what he meant that your people kill. But uh, my other brother, uh, Mo Kelly, he put up a, a Facebook post that has some really interesting uh, information about, you know, the effectiveness of riots. And he pointed to the Watts riot. Um, right after that, I know in Los Angeles, right, one of the things that bore out of that was they created Los Angeles Southwest College. Now, that wasn't the best college out here. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it was from the Los Angeles Community College District, and it actually sat for a while. And then the 92 riots happened, and then all of a sudden it got funding. And and Dave, if you drive by Los if you drive by Southwest College now, you would not recognize it. All of the amenities it's got, all of the new buildings, all of the technology is solar powered now. He mentioned uh the Detroit riot uh that popped off. There was a new word. Uh, race riots that popped off. And then all of a sudden, um, the Fair Housing Act was introduced to the House of Representatives. After the New York riots, all of a sudden, it got passed by the House of Representatives. Then King, this was in 1967. And then Dr. King was killed, killed in, in uh, uh, 68. 68. Right, right. And oh, then... Man, um, and, and Dave. Dave. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. You had the echo going on heavy. So. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So yeah, uh, after King was killed, um, there was a number of riots in D.C., Baltimore, Louisville, Kansas City, Wilmington, and on and on. And then all of a sudden, Johnson passed the Fair Housing Act and the Civil Rights Act. So when people are are throwing like, okay, what is this rioting going to solve? I'm not advocating for it, but I ain't going to stop it, and I'm not going to speak against it. And one last riot that absolutely was very, very profitable. I mean, my niggas, very profitable. The motherfucking riot that started all of this gangster shit, that started all this shit, the Boston Tea Party. Them white boys said, fuck with the with the crown is saying. We ain't having these taxes. We don't like this stuff. We don't like y'all rule. They went and snatched up their stuff, destroyed private property, and threw it in the harbor. Some of them took it home, and all of a sudden, America was created. So I'm just saying, you can't, you cannot tell people that violence and rioting don't work when this motherfucking country was built on that shit. But you, but, 
Yeah, what you're saying is the and riots also, equal fiscal recovery. That's true. That's, that that yeah. might be a, a fault. That might be false. But I'm just saying it can be effective. And my last point is you got to love a motherfucking nation that practices violence to secure its safety globally that then want to tell its citizens, nah, that ain't the way to secure yours. Fuck out of here. <laughs> well, hey man, but but fiscal recovery is part of a larger plan. That was my point. And so there's a there's a there's a part of writing where where if you notice the pattern of the cities and the areas after this subsides and the wave goes back, let's take a let's take a real estate look at the damaged landscape and the things that are similar in all these cities and see if we don't see a pattern, right? Because because with rioting comes fiscal recovery and all those things you mentioned, Southwest College, all that, very true, very true. But look at how many mayors that piece of uh, Los Angeles went through in order to develop, right? Economic develop development, is that what they call it in the political structure? Look at what that region, that economic development zone, look at how many mayors it took to do that, which means it's part of a larger recovery plan, right? Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's called city planning. Okay. Yeah, I know the one riot in, in the city planning, I don't know if it worked out for, uh, is uh, Black Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah. You can go, you can go either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's like I said, man, I just say be smart about it. As we've been saying, yeah. be strategic about it. There's a time to be out there. I think there's a time when you get the your regular people out there protesting and marching. And then there's a certain time in the day if you use common sense. OK, get your ass at home because the, the, the fool's about to get out here and tear this shit up. That's when regular people should not be out there marching because they're going to have an anarchist. They're going to have these criminals, nutcases out here. You don't want to be out there in the middle of the night. That's not when the protests popping, because that's when the shit go down. You got it only takes a few people. And as we see on video, it could be people who ain't got nothing to do with it can get it sparked up. And that's when people can get hurt. I, I saw there's a video that's been dropping now. I can't remember what city it was in Dallas. The guy that showed there was a, a pallet of bricks on the sidewalk in the downtown. And he's like, why do they got, who put these bricks here? There's no construction going on. And these are bricks that people are using to smash windows with. Mm. And I'm hearing they did, mm. somebody saw this in Minneapolis. There's a pallet of bro, uh, bricks sitting on Man. downtown street. So some of this stuff could be staged. They put, yeah, put these resources here. They're going to just grab it and tear shit up. Let's, let's help this out a little bit. So. There's some puppet masters, you know. There's all kind of shit going on, man. Man, let's not even talk. But yeah, that, <laughs> and oh, yeah. I want to add this. Uh, this yeah. was in Seattle. This was a few months ago. I, I don't even know what the protest was about, but I was at work and I went to this corner store. I, I work by the convention center in downtown Seattle, and my man who owned the store, he was like, "Oh man, did you see all those people?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Yeah, man, it was a busload of people who got out." They said they've been driving from across the country. They're being paid to come here. They're going to go sit in front of some office space or something. It was two busloads of people. And they, the guy came in here and paid for all their stuff. They said they're not from Seattle. They just paid them to come down here and they're going to protest. 
And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man. He said, that wow. I was like, and so if they're doing it for something, like I didn't even know what it was. I didn't hear on the news what was popping off. Then I know they got people that's bankrolling people to be out here acting up and to start mm-hmm. shit up, man. So yeah, it's, it's a wild day, man. It's, yeah, wild it's, stuff. it's, it's a, it's a bigger, a bigger, a bigger thing going on. Oh, and mm-hmm. I wanted to ask this. What, and cause this, this incident starts in Minneapolis and um, all of us obviously uh, are, I think we all met because of, uh, Prince, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, either working with or our appreciation or whatever. And now you see the city, in my opinion, sort of, it changes the perception of it. Like, yo, it's, okay, they, they just like how uh, LA, this would be the LA riot of its time. It'd be Minneapolis. And, and they, they shut down Minneapolis and start tearing stuff up. How does this, does this change the narrative of what we think of Minneapolis? How does Minneapolis survive and come out of this? And, and I would say, thank God we're going to keep protection over Paisley Park and I'm glad that's way away from I assume that's away from all of this madness mm-hmm. you know but uh, and Dave I'll start with you because I know you've, you've spent a lot of time uh, out there oh my gosh I mean this is it saddens my heart man because it's not the Minneapolis I know and you know I, I talk to Scotty almost every day and, and, and talked to Magoo last week and a bunch of other people and you know I, I just it just gets me sad man because because uh, it's just so it's just so unnecessary, and just to see the the it, like I said the 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 weird thing is I, I have that same feeling where I just I see everybody who's upset by this rather than you know um, when the Rodney King thing happened, it was like a lot of black folks. And it was just black folks against the world, right? When I see this, I see just as many people who are not black in the crowd yelling very loud about what they see in front of us. Because a lot of people who are parents, man, this is the most embarrassing thing that when we look at the world and what we're leaving these kids, it is just, it's just, man, it doesn't make you feel good at all. It doesn't make you feel good at all. And and my memories of Minneapolis were not like this at all, at all. It's not representative of any of the people and the friends I have in Minneapolis and the family members. It's just, you know, uh, you, and you don't want to worry for people's safety because but you then you look on the TV and you see areas of town that, you know, mm. you know, and you're like, wow, OK, I got to make sure they're OK. I got to, You know, I'm just calling to make sure people are OK, man. Right, right. That's 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 crazy. You got to. That's that. crazy, man. You got to do that. Um, you know, yeah. Do I wish he was here? Of course, I wish he was here. You know, if he was here, he would probably do the same thing James Brown did when Martin Luther King died. You know, mm. who knows? He, but mm. you probably would have tried to to do something to to bring a resolve to it. You know, just yeah. because he understood he understood a lot. You know, but uh, man, this is just so much. You know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot, man. And and uh, I just want, I just wanted to stop there, and I wanted to stop everywhere. But for it to start there, and all of a sudden it it permeates in every major city, is just man. It was just, it was like wildfire. Yeah, and and I wanted to shout out to uh, David uh, T C Ellis. I don't know if you guys saw 
he did a live stream video the other night uh, and he was outside of his uh, school studio thing and there was a fire sort of across the ways and he, he he was out there along with all his peoples and they was just standing out there uh making sure nobody came and did some damage to his spot and you know i had to salute him because he had he had young boys out there he had some grown grown ass men who were strapped strapped up you know they they had their stuff ready they wasn't playing around and you know he was like yeah the community's holding me down but we out here and, and hopefully he's nothing did happen I, uh, but I just thought it was good that he was out there. They was out there protecting their situation uh, and they was keeping it respectful. But but I saluted that, you know, they stood tall. You know, it wasn't going to be no foolishness going on over there. So that was salute to him. Um, I noticed uh, when I started seeing uh, the rioting pop off and the fires, <clears throat> the one thing that stood out to me, and I think I might have said it was like, you know, wow, you know, hearing some of the things that Prince said, hearing some of the interviews you did with some of the people and some of the black people that knew Minneapolis in the seventies and the eighties, just reading Brown Mark's book where he's talking about um, being accosted on several occasions by some racist white people. And I was just thinking like, man, it seemed like this was a long time coming in Minneapolis. I mean, when you hear that Prince couldn't even get into First Ave until he really blew up and, you know, some of the other things that how segregated it was where most of the black people were congregated. Was it the South Side? I think it was. And it just made me think about all the stuff that I was reading, learning from within through Prince and, and hearing from the associates like, damn, this this was a powder keg. Especially, and then let's not forget Philando Castile. Right. Right. And and too, and too also, you know, I'm not going to forget. Uh, I don't have her name. I apologize. But uh, the woman who got killed by the, the black uh, police officers a few years ago, you know, it was, a, mm-hmm. it was a big thing. And I think just the other day, they finally sentenced him. So yeah. like, what was it, 12 years or something? 12 or yeah, he yeah, yeah, so, got 12 years. You know, well, yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, my heart goes out to Minnesota, man. Uh, it's good people out there for sure. I, I've always had nothing but love when I came out there. But I, but I, I remember the first time I got out there and I was actually able to go around to other non-sort of princey type places. I was like, oh, okay, they got some black folks out here. <laughs> like I thought this was, <laughs> I thought it was gonna be, you know, kind of soft. I like, no, there's some areas out here. You better keep your head on a swivel because you get gaffled up out here. So some of it doesn't shit shock me. Hey, man. What are you trying to say, man? I'm just saying. I thought it was going to be, you know, but I was I was like, because to me, Seattle, to me, is like super, I'm not going to say soft, but it's not real like hood type areas. But there was places in Minneapolis. I was like, yeah, Seattle cats would not last a minute. Man, where, wherever you go, wherever major city you land in, just ask the cab driver to take you to South Central. <laughs> it's always the South Central. And, 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 and you inevitably, through, through how city planning works, it's always going to look the same when you get out your car. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm... I'm over here looking at Mike because I did a lot of driving that when I went two years ago. And I'm like, where was this black neighborhood at? <laughs> oh, shoot. When I went Man, to, uh, the, was it the north side? Where the, yeah. where the Capri was at? Yeah. They had a, it was a mm-hmm. block party. I was like, I said, yeah. oh, this is where all the black folks. I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm just saying, I felt extremely safe. I guess I didn't make it to that area. 
I'm not that I wasn't safe. I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> it, it ain't, you know, if you're going by Purple Rain or some of these little movies, like, no, you're sadly mistaken. Yeah. Hey. And, and we've seen of late, yeah, I mean, I've seen videos just online of they can act a fool in Minneapolis. They got some young, some, some young knuckleheads out there. Let's, let's not get it twisted. <laughs> we'll get hurt. But, you know, it is what it is. A lot of, but most majority is great people out there. That's an American city. And now it's going to be, this is one of the things they're going to, they got to hold this, you know, yeah. this is part of their legacy, better or worse. Well, it's, it's also about how everybody comes out of it. I think it will make the next time we gather, because you got to remember between COVID and this, we all were supposed to have been in Minnesota. Right, you know? right. And uh, I think it will make the next time we all gather together a lot uh, more special. Mm. And people will understand, you know, what what it what it's, you know, how precious life is, let alone the time you can get to get back together with friends. Right. And um, so, you know, I look forward to it, man. And, and you know, it, it, if anything, man, it makes you reprioritize and, and you, you're just calling to make sure everybody's OK. I've gotten a lot of calls from people wondering if I'm OK. And I call a lot of people making sure they're OK. And, <laughs> and sometimes you got to take time to stop your day and do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and let me say this: I I posted on Facebook a couple of days ago. It's like right when it happened, and I was saying like I couldn't see myself going back to Minneapolis. Listen, I was I was caught up in the moment. I was in my feelings. I was just mad because in my mind, I was like, "How are they gonna let that? You know, how are they gonna ride like that out there?" In my mind, I thought it was something different. But I had to realize this is America. It's a city just like any other city. There's great people out there. It's not the it's not the fault of the people, you know what I'm saying? They actually swift enough in terms of like, okay, yeah, they got fired. And then, yeah, they got, they got arrested. Their old boy got arrested. They got a, a murder charge on him, but then they're not, they're not waiting all. It's not a long wait. Like they're making things pop off. So I'm not, I stand with the people in Minnesota. I'll definitely be back. I was just, like I said, I was just heated at the moment. And, you know, this shit could happen anywhere. Realistically, it can happen in any, any city in America. They ain't immune to sh- nothing out there. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. And oh, real quick, I, I wanted to ask this question. Did anybody see the, the mayor of, uh, was, it, was he the mayor of Minneapolis, I think? A uh, young guy who's been kind of doing press conferences? Well, mayor of St. Paul. St. Paul, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I saw one video, and I, I was trying to understand, and I only saw a clip. I don't know if y'all see, I posted this online, but they brought up another city council person, I believe, or something. Was it? I, I, and I'm going to be respectful here. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. <laughs> well, he, I know he was an older man, but I think he was a trans gentleman or woman, so I'm going I'm to give him that, uh-huh. which is cool. But then he went into speak, he went into, he's saying, um, is it amazing? Oh. <laughs> and and I was like, okay. I was trying to understand what was that supposed to mean? Like, and then he was kind of putting in the mind, he's putting this the over. It, it I was, was like, stop. Was I was a, like, stop. It was straight out of roots, the second generation. A, Remember that yeah. scene with that was a manufactured moment. In other oh, words, yeah. they, they had some TV time, didn't they had to figure out what to do. You know, I mean, my, you know, the, my, hey, man, they, they probably thought they were doing the right thing. Some people. Yeah. 
Well, let me tell you. You know, they but, got they got a platform. Yeah, let me know, let me give them a message is, real quick, Ampu. Let me give them a message. To, that's not the right way. Stop <laughs> it. We're not doing the Negro spirituals and the. <laughs> we're not trying to get to the promised land. That that's the old. You, I know you probably grew up watching that blacks on TV and that oh church and promise that we're gonna hold on for the Lord. We're not holding on anymore. So we're gonna stay prayed up. Trust me. But we're yeah. gonna pray, and if we have to, we're gonna take action. We don't have, so we're not doing the song and dance play. That they, let's kill that. And all my white allies, you you want to know something you can do? Tell them to stop that stuff. Tell them we're not we're not we're not uh, acknowledging that. You don't need to do the Andrew Yang where you get in the church with the choir robes. <laughs> Lord, that's over. We want. Educated, oh my God. <laughs> more educated, logical, clear-minded conversations. We don't. You don't need to sing. We don't need to sing to us. But anyway, Ampu, go ahead. <laughs> my thing was going to be is why are they singing? Um, why are they singing "Amazing Grace"? They couldn't say, "Hey, yo, lift every voice and sing." At least try to be on cold. Well, well Biden got reach. that one. That's the lift every voice act. You know. <laughs> I was like, I'm like. Okay. Hey man, maybe they were just te- they maybe they were just testing it out to see if it was time for it yet. Yeah. They, like, they, they, did they think that that was going to calm the people? Oh, the, yeah, I know what we can do. This will get the right people to riot. They'll be calm. We'll sing them an old Negro spiritual and get uh and get uh such and such to come out. <laughs> just you know, the, the sad optics. part is, come on, y'all, stop. You know, the sad part is, I bet she was the second choice. The first choice was Prince, and somebody had to tell her, ah. <laughs> "Can we yeah. get?" Ah. Ah. He's like, "Sir, he's 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 gone. He's gone." <sighs> hey, yeah. man, it's 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 uh, you know, you you're watching politicians, uh, you know, trying to trying to use all their tools, and sometimes even in doing that, they get bad advice. You know, so I, I think I think um, yeah, I've been watching the mayor of St. Paul and he's you know, he's look, he's doing his best to stay contained because sure. it's hard to watch him when he's talking because he's mad than a motherfucker. Yeah, but I, he can't I, but he can't say I'm the mayor of St. Paul. And I'm mad than a motherfucker. I want to kick this dude's ass. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Right, right, right. <laughs> so so no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's that's a real emotion. Sure. And I can see it under his composure. Most of the uh, people of color who are in political offices, when they come on, it, it they, 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 their, their double life that we all lead mm-hmm. is there for us to see because we all know they got that thing in them that's going, man, I'm mad in the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and we, we all have it. We all have it. And so I just think, I just think, man, it takes so much to to be able to deal with this kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And and if you're in any kind of political thing where you where you fought and you've you've uh, run and you've won office, again, it's a long term game he's playing, you know. Oh, for sure. So yeah. he's he's got to be very tolerant of his messaging and very he's just got he's got a lot to figure out. But I'm I'm with you on that one. I don't I don't need to see that spectacle ever again. Yeah, so and, and, and Ampu, when you're when you're bossing them, call you. I know they're prepping you up 
But when they, <laughs> but when they have That's that cool. Zoom, when they have that Zoom call, they go be like, oh, "We got Ampoo. He's gonna sing Lean on Me for everybody." <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh yeah, my I'm, god! I'm gonna be on my Cedric the Entertainer. I wish a nigga would. <laughs> They're going to yeah. get my rendition of fuck the police is what they going to get. And go look yeah. at his check. Yeah. Look at his bank account. It's like, oh, shit. No, 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 he's going he, to get a raise. He, he's going to get a raise. He gonna, you, you guys should watch that old Richard Pryor skit from uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh. <laughs> we, got a promotion. we got a promotion in this for you now. Just need you yeah, to yeah, yeah. This is how you going to do me? We invite you on the show. You going to turn it into the clown ample hour? Hey, man. Wow. No, man. That's, you got to lighten the mood a little bit. He's going to use it. Use it, Pooh. Use it. <laughs> the fucked up part about it is I'm like, mm, how can I? Pooh's, Pooh's thinking now, how can I make this work for me? <laughs> I'm like, I'm uh, like, this is a, no, my, my ass is going to be like, this is internal only, right? Yeah, yeah see. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else will see this. Yeah, that's all right, oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's, uh, we're going to wrap this thing up here, man. Listen, all I can tell you is, one, be safe. Two, I think we heard people say this, reach out to people, you know, show some concern. Because uh, that's really the only, I mean, that's the one thing we all can do is just to reach out to people that we know. And I say, man, if you happen to be out, I know we still, it's, it's so funny now, the to me, it's like the whole COVID thing has been thrown out the thrown out the window. Like ain't nobody even it's six feet apart. But if you see somebody, you know what? Say what's up. Like you good? Let me help you with that. Everybody out here is feeling it in some capacity. At least if we can at least show some compassion to that, don't mean forget. I'm not saying being forgiving. I'm not at any way. I said show some compassion for other people. That may help. And the other thing I was saying, I'm gonna turn it over to everybody else, is is for those who are out there getting it popping. Know there's a time and place for everything. But one thing I would hope to we could probably try and do is if just how you see other groups do, let's come up with some sort of um, economic base or some sort of even if it's a GoFundMe account. There's gonna be certain people, good people that may get arrested for just dumb stuff. Hopefully there'd be a way to be like, oh, put some money on his bail or, or oh, he can't work, but he got a family. I know they need help with their rent or to get him some groceries or something like that. Them kids, they had nothing to do with it. So let's not punish them. At least, at least we don't even have to agree with what they doing per se, but we are going to stand as a family for these children or the elderly that these persons may have been taken care of or be responsible for and they don't have to suffer for all of this. Like that, that that's the least I feel like we can do. Like, man, let's make sure they got groceries because it's already crazy out here. These people are not working or they're not getting all their money or something like that. So if nothing else, we can still lock in our, our people, no matter who that is. If that's your friend, don't care what race they are. Oh, you know them? You, you in the purple family, as we like to say, you know they over there hurting here. Man, here, man, go on and make sure your kids got something to eat or, mm -hmm. or vice versa. So that's the type of stuff I, I think we can at least 
at least do more of that type of stuff and we can figure out all of this other shit but yeah man this uh it's it's it may get even more crazy out here in the streets that's something we got to come to the realization no one wants to see people get hurt or, or, or violence but we have to accept that that is a real that is a reality of the world we live in that some people ain't gonna make it home man you know mm-hmm. we i know we don't want to deal with that but it's the reality that guy george floyd he didn't think he was gonna die that day you know he got a, a six-year-old daughter at home and I, I believe another child back in uh texas he was he out here working so he can you know send money to his his, his kids see what i'm saying so these are real people this could happen to anybody you got pulled over on some whatever he wasn't driving a bucket he was driving was in the mercedes suv he wasn't no thug and like he was just a normal person they got caught up so it could happen to any one of us. I pray it never does, but the reality is it could. So we we can't act like traumatic events don't happen. They do. They happen right here. Um, but that, that's my last words on it. Big sexy, you being a little quiet, but what's your last, any last things you want to add as we wrap this up? <clears throat> well, you know, <clears throat> um, like you said, man, we got to, we got to be careful out there that all of the pe- protesting and all of this cooking on the front burner. We got the we got the virus in the back burner. You know, now is just not a good time to be out there. You know, acting a fool, running wild. And when I saw the thing in Oakland this morning, you know, Aunt sent me a, pic- a link to that. I know exactly what dealership that is and where it is. But I'm like, damn! And people cheered as they took the car out of there. Time and a place. That was neither. You know, we got more important things to uh, to think about here. In fact, I want to take a quick second to rip the mayor of Petal, Mississippi. This rat fuck, Hal Marks, said, and I quote, he didn't see anything unreasonable in the video. Quote, if you can talk, you can breathe. Vote this fucker out. There you go. There you go. Uh, Ampu. Um, <clears throat> I, I wish I had something profound to end on. Um, all the people out there that are showing up and showing out, you know, I pray for you for your safety. I'm not telling you to 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 destroy shit, but I'm not gonna speak out against it because sometimes you you gotta. You, you got to make a statement. You got to make a stand. And sometimes that violence does create change. So I don't know how far this is going to go. Unfortunately, I don't know what good is going to come of it. But I, I, I like the fact that people are people are, un, are being made to be uncomfortable. And I absolutely love the fact that it's not just us out there. And hope and I, and then I know that some of them are just like some people saying uh, being anarchists. But there are genuine, good, non-black people that are, as to to take a word a word from our our brother Malik, stepping up, and I'm I'm proud of that. I'm happy of that. Um, people are non-blacks are paying attention now. We need y'all to be allies and uh, vote in the right people that are going to make the change that are going to help. You know, hopefully, prayerfully 
change this systemic system that's uh, keeping that, that's keeping us down, that's keeping us in this malaise generation after generation. I understand a lot of it. We're going to have to start with ourselves as well. We can't look for white daddy, white mommy to save us because they ain't coming. It's been, what, 400 years? They ain't coming. They give us some crumbs here and there. So like Mark was saying, let's be smart about this. Um, make our statement and then let's strategize, strate- strategy, get it done. You say strategy? No, I mean, I'm the last person that can say anything. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's, that's the SNL thing where uh, Will <laughs> says strategy. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dave Hampton. Hey, man. I, I would just say take some time today and, and call call your people all over in every major city, your family, people. Just make sure everybody's okay. And, and uh, you know, just just think about overall what you can do, where you are with what you have on this. You know, do do be prayerful on it, because without that, none of us would be able to survive. But but I really think it's about um, taking the time to show and, and, and really think about what the word community means to you and and what it means to to just take part in something that. That is just about bettering the immediate area around you because it has an impact, whether you want to realize it or not. It has an impact on, on how well you're doing and how well your neighbor is doing. It 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 works, it works, it works. But it's a long-term plan and it's methodical. And sometimes we don't we don't really see the instant victory in that, but we have to. We have to because this is a this is a long journey. And you, and uh, you want to be around to be able to to impact change, you know. And and, and you, look, man, it's if you have children, think about think about every move that you make, what you are leaving for your children, and how you are leaving them, how you are educating them on what this is, and what this is happening right now. Because we don't know, like Michael said, we don't know when our last day is. But we now have to impact our children to really have them understand what this means in their lifetime. So it's it's bigger than you as an individual. You know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. We would love to hear your thoughts and comments on this as well. So please leave that in the comment section. Um, you can always find us here at podcastjuice.net. Be safe and work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>